Hello and welcome to the Bryce Cast. This is episode 20. I'm, of course, Bryce, and it is time to talk through everything from a pro player's career and everything Call of Duty esports and any tangents we end up going on the way. But more importantly, our guest for this week, Brian, better known as Apathy. How are you? I'm doing great. I've been loving the game, been having fun. It's been a, it's been a great month so far. Awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear the new game out. I know you've been very, very busy, and I'm so glad you could uh, join me here for this one. Um, first of all, I have to. All right, let's 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 get something out of the way. I I didn't want to say it during the intro because I didn't want to get it wrong. How do I pronounce yeah. your second name? <laughs> it's Zelioskov. Zelioskov. Okay. Yeah. I was never going to get that. I'm not going to lie to you. I would not. I would have butchered that, <laughs> and I didn't want to butcher it when I introduced you. So. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, all right. So let's start off talking about your career now. You have obviously been one of the. You're one of the most veteran players in the scene. I don't know if people always recognize that fact because I went back through my notes and, and what I looked up for for this show for you, and it's technically the first kind of entry for you is in Ghost, but you actually started before that. Um, yeah, because I even see there's an entry about where you got your name from. So let's talk about your first entry into the world of competitive Call of Duty. So are we talking like all the way back, or are we talking about like first event type of thing? Well, we we can go all the way back. Like, what got you into competitive Call of Duty? Like, what was your your first kind of entry okay. into this wonderful scene? So I I saw people playing Halo like competitively, and I was a big fan, and it was yeah. awesome. I loved Halo Three, and I try to kind of go pro in Halo Three. I actually went to some local tournaments in Miami. And basically, I wanted to go to this event. My parents like said, you know, no. I mean, I was young. I was like 15 <laughs> at the time, I think. They weren't going to let me go. So I kind of like slowed down and I kind of stopped chasing that dream. And a lot of my friends at school played Call of Duty and Call of Duty was like a big thing. And, you know, they wanted me to play. So I ended up getting Call of Duty, got really good really fast. And I kind of just fell in love with it, started pub stomping. And then that's when like my journey began in COD 4. And then, like, MW2 is when I started, like, going into, like, the competitive scene. Yeah. I mean, you, it's surprising just how many people end up doing it for, like, watching Halo 3 and then jumping in around yeah. Call of Duty 4 time, right? Like, it seems to be a very kind of common way in. But let's talk about going pro here. Because, like I said, one of these one of these things, like, when I when I go back through the years, like, your first registered event, and I always have to double-check with players when that actually is. Like, <laughs> I've got top 12 Columbus, top 2 Rally. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, Black Ops, right? That's that's the old-school MLG circuit. Yeah, uh, which is crazy, right? Being a being a pro for that long, like I said, two in rally—that's a big thing back in the day. It was a very serious circuit. Yeah, I I was really happy getting that second place right there. And the first event, I got twelve. We actually beat Optic in pool play, and they they won the tournament. That that they won Columbus. So like, I was kind of making my name for myself. I was you know surrounded by people, and I feel like the biggest thing is I just grinded and I, I was really passionate about, you know, playing and competing. I think that's a very important thing. And I, you know, I went to local tournaments. I tried to go to these tournaments and luckily I was like, I think I was 17 at the time. And uh, my coach lived in Florida and he, and he basically was like my chaperone. I like pretty much like we flew together to like the events, like some of these events. Yeah. So I, I guess I was like blessed in a way. Cause if my parents would not have let me go alone and I doubt they would have want me they would have wanted to come either. <laughs> no, it's always one thing, like especially like it's such a different era of of esports now. It, like the fact yeah. that you could just point, it's like, hey, there's a stadium here. Like it's a very big thing. I'm not going just hang out in some dank hall somewhere and like I'm just flying across the country to do nothing for no money. Um, 
like back in those days, right? Like we're talking about the the old MLG circuit. It's always interesting. I mean, back then, like when I was playing Black Ops myself, I never paid too much attention to it because we had the European rules and the American rules. Obviously, we did watch the old big MLG productions for it. Um, yeah. But then it kind of like dried up, didn't it? Like it was this this weird sort of like, oh, the MLG circuit's not doing it. I was double checking. Did you come over in in Modern Warfare Three at all? Like I know a lot of teams did come over at the end. And yeah. So, and a, a few I, American teams did. Yeah. It's a funny story because I did go to MW3 and my team was like a top three team. At the time, it was like me, Karma, Parasite, and like Too Quick. Yeah. And I was actually on that team originally. And eventually, I think, I forgot who they picked up. They picked up someone over me and they went to like some European tourneys, or at least like, I'm, I'm pretty sure they went to like one. And at the time, we were playing like we were one of the best teams in NA, and I was pretty nasty at the game. I'm not going to lie. I actually had a lot of fun on that game. It was a pretty fun game. And there was just nothing to compete for. I was senior yeah. senior year of high school. I just met Maria, who's now my wife. And we we're just like a couple months into a relationship. And I was like, there's no point in me to play. I might as well, you know, finish school strong, spend more time with her, and do something different than just kind of playing just to play. Yeah. I, so it, I, I basically quit. Yeah. Well, it's not surprising. Like, it's mad it went from the MLG circuit to almost kind of killing off competitive COD in a lot, yep. of, a lot of people's eyes. Um, unfortunately, the Europeans, we loved it, so we kept on going because that, was, that <laughs> wasn't a bad game. It wasn't a bad game. And then basically the savior, right? Black Ops 2 is when Activision said, hold on, right, we're stepping in here. Um, yeah. let's, let's do something. Which for competitive support, right, back in 2013, was, wasn't that kind of normal like i mean you had starcraft they would they would do a lot for and stuff back in those days but call of duty went really far in and went right we are we are stepping this up in a in a big way uh so you came back right you did the the old umgs and, and everything else and t- take me through kind of going into into black ops 2 era of cod then <laughs> it's, it's very much romanticized about yeah i have a lot of regrets during black ops 2 i I think the game was amazing. Like you said, one of the best competitive games, such an overall well, like just a well done game, very competitive. And I, I guess at the time, I think it was my freshman year of college. I was a full-time college student. Yeah. Obviously, again, I had my girlfriend. We're still dating where you were like a year in almost. And I just didn't put in the time much. I, I At the first month or two, I did kind of grind. But then I eventually like slowed down hard and it was just hard for me to like put in a lot of time and at the same time be a full college student and like a full time relationship. And it was kind of difficult for me and it just sucked because it kind of hurt me also quitting in MW3. It kind of dropped my stock yeah. because I went from being like a very known, very good player to now people are like, should we team with him? Is he, you know, is he going to care? Is he going to put in the time? So it, it kind of all fell apart for me, like kind of that transition and Black Ops 2 was kind of like a, it wasn't, it wasn't a good time. And that's why like I kind of quit again in Black Ops 2, like halfway through the year. I think I came back for like the last event pretty much. Yeah, I guess because obviously like the, the big thing that year, right, was the step out. It was the World Championship. It was the beginning of the official Call of Duty World Championship mm-hmm. Series and everybody, everybody wanted in. Like it was, there's a million on the line. Yeah. They made a big thing about it. Um, you came top twenty-four there. Not not a great result, uh, obviously back then. <laughs> um, uh, heartbreaking. Yeah, but that's that's kind of how it went. And this is this is interesting. So I was, I was reading through here, and like you come back for UMG Dallas is the event you were talking about for denial back in the day. Um, yeah. And I was kind of looking through your like essentially who you've been playing with over the over the years, and like in Black Ops Two, I think the most notable name you ended up playing with was Miracles. 
right? Obviously, ended up winning yeah. the championship that year, right at the beginning. And then everybody else, I think you actually had TP, Rambo, and Fears for an Icons, which is on here. I don't know if they they, they wouldn't count That's that today. Like yeah, we probably wouldn't go on yeah, that day. Yeah, like a random tournament, yeah. probably, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but this is exactly what you talked about, right? Like stock dropping, it's difficult to get those those outrageous names to, to compete at that level because everybody's teaming up to win the world championship. Um, yeah. When you went to the world championship for the first time, is, did it kind of like spark anything in you? Were you like, I need to commit to this at some point? Was that ideal there anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think I missed the first one because I was underage. Like the the one that Nate XP, shot, like off XP, yeah. X Games, or yeah, that that one, the XP. And I was like, damn, like I really wanted to go with that, you know. That was like the biggest tournament. Like when we were competing for, it was like, you know, a change. Like it wasn't much back in the day. And that was like, dude, that's like life-changing money. Like, I want to be able to compete in these tournaments. Like, even if I get, like, third place, second place, like, it's life-changing. Yeah. Especially for me, you know? Uh, and, yeah, going to that tournament, like, I, I wanted to win. I wanted to do good. I wanted to place well. And I was just, like, so driven. And, you know, after I lost, I was obviously heartbroken. I was like, it definitely lit a fire in me. I'm like, I'm, I'm coming to the next one, and I'm going to do better. Or hopefully, I'm going to try my best to win it. Like these big tournaments are crazy. Oh, no, a hundred, a hundred percent. These are that was the the start of the of the ramp up, obviously, because once they got involved, MLG took over a lot of the stuff. And then I, I want to talk about this towards the end of <laughs> Black Ops Two, going into Ghosts, you fell in yeah. with Strictly Business. Now Strictly Business, very well known org for anybody who knows their history in Call of Duty, right? Very big yeah. force in in the scene for a while. And looking at your teammates. People who know their history as well should know these names, right? You had Sensor, Fears, and Too Quick on your side yeah. for that, right? And you came back your first yeah. MLG Full Championship 2013. So you came in a ghost pretty hot. Yeah. Um, that was a big thing for me. I, I was happy I was able to land that spot. It's a funny story because I was like, it was basically Too Quick, Doug, and Fears, and they were going to play, I think, with Bobby. I don't know if you remember Bobby from back in the day. Uh, yeah, he was on like leverage, yeah. And he, um, and I guess they weren't sure about Bobby. And you know, me and Too Quick go way back. Where he's like my old school duo. And I was like, dude, I really want to play. Like, I want to team with you. Like, I'm gonna go hard. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I promise. Like, I'm gonna put a lot of time in. And I talked to Doug about it too. And he was like, you know, he understood my passion. He's like, let's do it. And I was like, let's go. And then that was like a big tr like transition for me, going from like the teams I had in BO2 and like kind of like. I finally found myself in like I feel like in a good, really good team that could compete with the best, or at least like some of the top teams. And I was like, this is it. This is where I gotta like take off with this. Like I can't let this chance, you know, go by. Type no, of thing. I hundred percent agree. It did seem like a maybe a step into a professional organization or a professional mindset. Um, yeah. Obviously, you, know, you guys went straight into it, right top eight. Pretty good result, especially coming back into it after after Black Ops Two, and then UMG Philadelphia twenty fourteen top four. <laughs> right, this is where. This year, if I remember correctly, you guys start to make a, a name for yourself. Yeah. Up there in the higher much. echelons of Call of Duty back in Go. Um, and then obviously there, there there are some very interesting uh, ones coming up. But this team, this team, if I remember correctly, well, the, the <laughs> thing I remember about Strictly Business isn't actually a lot to do with how the team played. It's just remember that it was just a bunch of units, like just genuinely <laughs> big guys. It's like because the owners yeah. were big guys as well. Weren't they were like uh, NFL, looked like NFL linebackers when you guys all walked. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I love those guys. It was a great organization. They really took care of us for sure. Uh, so let's talk about the MLG Winter Invitational Top 4 as well. Like, 
this is the thing, right? You went through the 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 Invitational, doing very well. You had Saints with you then as well, right? Um, and somebody's asking about what happened with Too Quick uh, and, and Strictly Business. Um, I think basically we had this chance to team with Saints and Dito. And at first, we basically, um, I mean, Doug was like kind of questioning Too Quick, I guess. Too Quick's play style, especially, it worked more back in the day, but it was a little like kill hoary sometimes. You know, yeah. he played too hard for kills, and it can be, I guess, a little detrimental to the team. So Doug came up to me, he's like, oh, Saints wants to join. And Saints, I mean, even like in BO2, BO1, like he's always been known as like an explosive, like really good player. And then we're like, yeah, let's do it. And then that's why we decided to get him over too quick. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you got to do what's best for your team. And you just got to, you know, have the best roster possible to win. It does suck sometimes, but that's just how it goes. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. It's, if anything, I always forget when I look back on these rosters. Like, it was the Wild West back then, wasn't it? It was it was crazy, <laughs> like, how yeah. quick it would happen. You talk about it now, like, a, a shift like that would have been months in planning and contracts flying about and everything. Back then, <laughs> it was just like, let's just figure out a new team and, and work out what we're doing moving forward. Now, the biggest thing for me in Ghost, uh, because I was actually at this, the Call of Duty Championship 2014 US Regional Final, back when we did the old system of you have to qualify through a regional before you go to the World Championship, yeah. Um, this was big because it was, uh, if I remember correctly, complexity, obviously, that you upset complexity at the regional uh, qualifiers, which was huge news for anybody in Cordia. Yeah. Um, I mean, we just went there to do, like, just, you know, to win and try to do our best and kind of, like, make a statement. Uh, we definitely were looking pretty strong. I mean, we were practicing a lot at home. Uh, we felt like we had a good squad. And... I mean, I was really happy beating them, to be honest, because they were like the team to beat. They were like the best team. And, you know, when you beat a team like that, it just boosts your confidence and you you know that, like, you're at the top with them. Yeah. Did Dido help? Because obviously you picked up Dido uh, in this time as well. He's coming to the team over Fizz. Yeah. Uh, was that another one where you just thought we could have a better roster here moving forward towards the World Championship? Yeah. I think Fears was basically... And essentially another too quick. Um, <laughs> he was really good at getting kills, but again, like a slower play style, you know, it doesn't like sometimes play objectively. And um, I guess we just moving forward. I mean, Dito was nasty and we were like, I guess, same thing. Like, let's pick up Dito. And like you said, these things happen fast. Like you talk about it one day, the next day it's done. Like, yeah, you give the phone call to the guy and then the guy's on the team. So it was just, it was, we felt like it was a good roster move. And Dito was like, definitely, he, he, he was really good at and, and ghosts. Like he was nasty at it. Oh yeah, he, he definitely was. I remember watching him play there, and he continued that for a while until until he retired, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. let's. So you won that big regional final, and people were looking. Obviously, that puts you the number one seed going into the world championship. Uh, the world championship, obviously, very early. I keep forgetting how early in the year these was because that regional qualifier, by the way, was at the start of um, when was it? Hold on. Uh, just after it was early. Yeah, it's like the third month in. So yeah, it's, it's it mad. Was very so it's like it's not even like <clears> think February? about it. Think about it now, right? You have to like August, mid August. You're you're already now. You would already be looking at the championship. If we if we're on a normal schedule, <laughs> the world championship wouldn't be that far away. Um, yeah. So which which is insane. But talk talk to me going through that because obviously the world championship is something that sticks in every player's mind. Um, well, I think obviously like the world championship, the biggest tournament of the year. It's like we want to win it, and you know, when I feel like when you're a favorite or like you have the the potential to beat to beat it the best and like win it, it feels like 
your chances are even higher and your expectations are higher. So like you're going to this tournament thinking like I'm winning or I'm getting at least like top two, top three. And that's kind of the mindset going in. Like we knew we can beat the best. We knew we were we can compete with the best. And I mean, we just want to do everything in our power to win, like win this tournament. Yeah. So here's my other question. So we spoke earlier about, you know, your first movements into competitive Call of Duty and trying to get to these events and 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 how was the support from from your friends and family? Because up until now, Call of Duty obviously wasn't lucrative, right? There was not a ton of prize money flying about the scene. Even the big events, you know, unless you came first, wasn't a significant chunk of change. And obviously salaries were quite low. The Call of Duty World Championship 2014, your prize money apparently was $100,000. Pretty yeah. significant. Was that like a changing point? Like, <laughs> holy, you know, holy crap, I've just won a ridiculous amount of money uh you know at least doing this 100% i mean it's 100,000 <laughs> divided to 4 so it's 25,000 each but even then before that my highest i got second place at the tournament i won $1500 so the difference in that is it's absurd you know it's way more and i think that's when like when i first got second place that's when my parents are like kind of okay like i believe in you yeah but then when I finally got like that amount of money, they're like, this is real. Like, this is a big thing. Like he can make even more. He could do better. Like he can make a career out of this type of thing. And their support definitely like kind of doubled. And it was just awesome for them to like, I guess in a way, believe in me, even though they kind of did, but they never really like understood, I guess, esports and understand what I was doing yeah. to, to a certain extent. So, I mean, right now, like even to this day or like as soon as I did made that money and like they saw the potential, my my family and friends and everyone like just supported me all the time and throughout throughout it all pretty much. No, I, 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 it's, it's, it's actually a common theme. I've been, as I've been talking through people's career, it seems to be a, a little bit of a common theme sometimes. Like you get the support from your family when you start doing well and then it's almost yeah. like a, a different level. Like they've supported you. But when you could say, hey, just just look at the size of this check, like, and it's like, oh, okay, right, well, we're fully on board now, right? Like, yeah, it's good, it's good. Um, yeah. So, moving forward, obviously, because the year doesn't end there, it's so weird to not have the, the, the year end on the World Championship. The X Games yeah. came up, the X Games, second at the X Games uh, when you joined TK. So, let's talk before we get to that about the change from Strictly Business to TK. Uh, and why that came about like what what was your, the the motivation for you to kind of switch lanes so ah man this part sucks so i guess they decided we like decided to split ways and kind of drop me i don't know if they stayed with two or three together at the time but i guess they kind of like dropped me and then picked up i think formal at the time going in going after that and I mean, they had a fair reasoning. I think my comms at champs were a little bad sometimes, like crucial moments. I, I should have been more vocal when I wasn't. And I had like, I mean, two or three bad maps that kind of like hurt us. Um, I mean, I definitely learned from those from those experiences, but they decided to like pretty much drop me, go formal. And then TK at the time were like a top three, top four team. And they wanted to play with me. And I said, let's do it. Because that's, you know, of course, I want to join like the next best thing and you know do well and we went to x games together um i mean we just like surprised everybody to be honest i had a really good tournament and a lot of people were pretty surprised that we were <laughs> in finals <laughs> and out of the finals and we kind of we low-key kind of choked that last map to win it all and the moments like that it's like when you think back and i think back all the time it's like 
I'm like, damn, I'm an idiot. Like, I make so <laughs> much, like, simple mistakes. But it, at the moment, like, competing at the highest level, like, sometimes you're antsy or sometimes you overthink things or you don't think things through. And it just costs you. And I've learned so much. Uh, obviously, like, I'm... I've learned so much throughout my career and I'm definitely like way better at all these things now. But back in the day, you know, and especially when I was younger, uh, it just hurts. It's like that little <laughs> dagger. But yeah, we got second. And I mean, it's, it was still pretty cool. First X Games ever. And I got a silver medal. Have you still got that silver medal around? Did you, did you play, display it uh, kind of proudly? <laughs> I don't display it proudly because <laughs> I wanted the gold. I wanted the gold, but I still do have it. It's It's at my house. That that X Games, by the way, it's such a it's such a weird event in the in the in the calendar because it's looked on so favorably for an event that had no prize money, and especially if you yeah. look back in the day, prize money was everything about determining how big an event was. Uh, oh yeah, and and then everyone's like X Games, we're going for a medal, and and that was it. It was like, oh, we're just going to get a medal. It's it's cool. There's <laughs> motorbikes and BMXs here. It's awesome. Uh, and then but the other people were saying, oh, there's no money involved. We'll, we'll kind of see how it goes through, but. I think for most people involved, it was a very good show and obviously a very different kind of atmosphere. And also, if you remember correctly, the great fun that was had on Twitter back in those days with, with COD players at the X Games. Some of the X Games yeah. people not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about all of it is like exactly what you said to, to add to that point. If there was money involved, I think I wouldn't have done those dumb things <laughs> in game. <laughs> I would have been a little bit more probably motivated to like, you know, you know, a little more focused and I probably would have maybe won, but it is what it is. It was still a fun tournament. It, it's it's even more funny, right? Because I find that the community and certain people as well tend to downplay older years in terms of like, oh, it's more competitive now. There's there's more infrastructure stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Obviously, you know, teams have coaches now and facilities and all that sort of stuff. I went, but... Back in those days, a lot of these players were playing for a paycheck. Like, there wasn't a salary a lot of the time yeah. that would tide you over at a level that was livable or anything that you could save up for. A lot of people yeah. were playing for that paycheck that came from winning actual prize money. And trust me, nothing kind of makes people more competitive than having to go, well, oh, I yeah. need to get this money to live, <laughs> right? Um, and people forget that. Like, it's it's mad to me that people think, oh, it's just always been this way, that players have been, you know, pretty well off or had a stable financial kind of background with orgs actually being decent. Yeah. Yeah, I think about that too. Like, I, I, may, I jokingly, like, say this sometimes, but, like, I always think about, like, I wish right now, in a way, I wish I was, like, that 18-year-old kid or 19-year-old kid coming into, like, the pro scene and yeah. having, like, an absurd salary. It's like, dude, that's like a blessing. Like back when I was 18, we're playing for like, you know, $500 for second place. Like literally nothing compared to what it is now, even like with salary. And I guess I'm like a little bit envious, but at the same time, you know, I appreciate what I've been through and like all the stuff like I've accomplished. So I just got to keep going and see what happens next. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, let's talk about MLG Anaheim um, because that is your last event with hey uh top eight placement from you there what happened what went wrong did it spur on that change to phase uh yeah um it's a mix of things i think i remember gunjar okay gunjar was nasty and ghost he was actually really good i think in x games he was like i remember his 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 like comms and everything he was doing good plays he was going hard 
Um, I think going to transition to Anaheim, I don't know what happened. I don't know if something went wrong in his life, breakup. Maybe he was just maybe not like as passionate in that tournament. But he definitely wasn't like the player he, or the person he was at X Games. And he did not like bring that same passion and performance. And it kind of hurt our team. We lost to some of these teams barely. And um, it is what it is. Like every, you know, some players go through that. I, I don't think it's a thing more anymore like nowadays. But like back in the day, I feel like people would have off events. You know, people maybe just didn't go as hard. And I think like us getting top eight, Goon kind of playing like that, and then FaZe hitting me up, kind of like, hey, I we want to team with you again. I was like, you know what? It was a really hard decision. I hate leaving my teams. I like being loyal. I like sticking. You know, I really love that team too. I was good friends, and you know, I really liked my teammates, Sharp, Neslo, and Goon. And it was kind of a tough decision, but I mean, to me, like going to FaZe, which which was a formal was actually supposed to like stay on FaZe, by the way. But he decided to go to Envy because Envy also offered me. And oh, okay. I denied Envy. Yeah, I denied Envy to go to FaZe thinking Formal was going to stay there. And then Formal was <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to Envy. <laughs> and it got kind of like crisscrossed. But it is what it is. You know, you make your decisions and you just got to live with it. So talking about moving to FaZe, right? Like some the orgs you've been on here, like I said, for myself especially and anybody who's been around for as long as I have, Strictly Business, very big back in the A. TK was a big name up until recently, but FaZe is, yeah. is kind of a different level, right, Brian? We have to be honest about it. FaZe is FaZe, very famous in, in the YouTube scene and everything else. Was yeah. that like a, a factor in moving across? And how did it feel to join essentially what is a legendary organization? I think that was part of like my motive, I guess, in a way. I've always been like big on producing content and like building a brand or building my channel. Like, I think it's such an awesome thing to produce like content and people enjoy and like, you know, watch all the time. And then obviously you can make a career out of it. So I think when I was joining them, I was like, not only am I joining such a dominant squad that could compete with the best and like some of my old teammates that we had a lot of success with, but I'm going to be on phase, which is the biggest organization. And I know they're going to help me grow like my YouTube and, and my social media, like everything's just going to grow, which it did. I did. It did. I remember back in the day, like, Going to fade obviously was just one of those one of those things. Like if you get it, if you get into one of these what, like golden orgs, you know you're gonna be oh, taken yeah. care of. You know that <laughs> it, it basically becomes the next level, right? And yeah. the benefit is that it wasn't exactly like you didn't join it and then have terrible results. The results were actually pretty good, right? You actually end yeah. up winning your first two K. Uh, I don't actually know this event. Uh, this is not something that I remember actually watching. AEL Dallas, uh, 2014. I don't even remember that. Um, so it I'll, sounds familiar. But I will move on Did to. I win that? uh third third yeah okay g3 I think like a fun thing. g3 is probably the big first event Ooh, for that team love that that was a fun event that was a mad event that was let me tell you that was yeah it looked good from the outside but obviously i, <laughs> I worked for the company back then and it was uh -huh. not fun <laughs> like i love gfinity i love gfinity yeah but i was actually like and this is the thing right it was gfinity was a startup company back then and i think the, the best part about it is that Gfinity actually was like COD made. Like everybody in it was super happy yeah. about like playing Duty and like everything about the COD scene. For some reason for our third event, because G1 and G2 was just COD, we just go, oh, we'll just throw an event for four games. So this small thing, <laughs> we did four games in a massive arena. 
I was talent manager, a caster, and I ended up also being the production and stage manager for that event wow. while I was working. I was dead. I was honestly, I don't know how I survived going through it. Yeah, but at the end of it, crazy. everyone was like, oh, this event was great. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> I'm like, thank God. We had CSGO hanging on by a string on the other side of the hall and everything else going horrifically wrong. And people were like, the COD team was like, yeah, we love this event. It's great. I'm like, thank God this that actually happened. Um, and put, you know, like, yeah. An event for people to actually enjoy coming over to England for. Uh, and and the players enjoy coming over as well, um, but that leads us on from what is a little bit of a high to a little bit of a dip here, and this is a, a weird one. I have to ask about UMG Dallas twenty fourteen, um, because you came top twelve after a pretty good start with Phase. UMG Dallas twenty fourteen. Is that when I team a parasite? No, yeah. I did not team. Yes, that is the parasite team. Yeah. That's yeah. still with Dido. After this event, apparently, you switched out Dido for Karma. Oh, you know what it? I know what I think it was. I'll... So we switched Dido for Karma after that event, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I know a little bit to this, if I remember correctly. I think at the time, um, I guess it was Complexity, they were interested in Dido a lot. And they were like, I and Dido, I guess they were going to replace him for Karma. I think Karma was on Complexity at the time, right? Yeah. And they're eyeing Dito. They really wanted him. Before the event even started, they were talking to him. And we were we kind of knew this information. So we're basically going to this tournament knowing, like, Dito is probably leaving, for, leaving us and he's going to join this team. And I guess, like, mentally and as a team, we just weren't all there. And we just, like, didn't have that same, like, passion and wanting to win together. So I think that's what really affected us, that tournament. And, you know, it, we I think when we lost, we were kind of like, we all just kind of like, whatever. And because we knew like this change was going to happen, so that's, that's kind of what happened there. I mean, I mean, it paid off. <laughs> the next, the very next event it was Nashville, uh, and you guys won it. You, you sent uh, Parasite and Karma ended up winning Nashville 2014, and that was oh yeah, basically the last open event uh, for Ghosts with it. But I'm guessing that was like good vibes, like winning that one was like a, a big kind of uptick in in your mind. Yeah, I mean, we just. It's funny because I don't know if you ever seen the the video with Karma and Doug on Octane. It was Octane domination. They're arguing and Karma like attacks Doug, like roasts him really bad. You ever seen that YouTube video? No, I will go look at it. No, oh my god, you have to watch it. And it, we're we're scrimming a team, and like Doug was like complaining, and then Damon was complaining. And it was like this huge argument. And they were, and Doug was like really mad at because Damon basically said like we're not friends, we're not anything, we're strictly teammates. And I guess Doug <laughs> took it to heart because Doug, that's what Doug is. He, you know, he gets emotional with these type of things. And I think like going to that tournament, it was kind of like we were, we all wanted to like prove each other. And I think Doug really wanted to prove to Damon, like, hey, I'm, I can compete with the best, I can win, and like I'm gonna show you. And I think he like he came out with the passion, like I came out with the passion, like we get, we went 110 percent like every match, and we were able to like you know win two best of fives to win the grand finals because we came through losers, and um yeah I think I, I don't think it was like a good vibes type of thing. I think it was more of like I'm gonna show you who's better, like I'm gonna show you that I'm better than than what you think, and it's kind of like proving I guess proving not only to everyone but like as teammates kind of thing. It was it was a different thing. I've never really felt that. Oh, well, I, I guess I have before, but. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, you go from the win. Unfortunately, it's not a great placement at season three playoffs for the end of Ghosts. Uh, a top eight for you guys there, which is probably very disappointing considering it was only 
two weeks between those two tournaments. Yeah. I remember that. That was, I think it was another tournament where my comms are a little bit off again. I think it hurt us a little bit, like game five. Um, there was like little mistakes I did. We all did. It kind of hurt us. I think maybe we're like too much on like on a high that, you know, we just won. And we're like, I think a little, maybe a little too cocky. It was like a mix of things. And yeah, very disappointing finish there for sure. And obviously that led to another team change going into AW, right? This is where essentially you change out what looks like Parasite and Karma and you stick with Sensor here. I'm guessing like through this, we <laughs> speak about a lot of Doug. Like yeah. you get along well with Doug. Like how is your relationship with him? <sighs> Doug, man. I I love <laughs> Doug. I love his passion. I love I love a lot of things about Doug, but he's always on my ass. That's the one thing I hate <laughs> about him. Like, it was never in matches, really, which is a good thing. And that's why I never really complained too much about it. But, like, in scrims, he was always on me. You know, like, no matter no matter what anyone did on the team, like, he would never really say anything about them. He would, like, he was so fixated on me and, like, pointing out my mistakes and, like, like kind of, like, just attacking me almost at all times. And, you know, I can kind of... I'm pretty good at taking things, and I try to take criticism, and I take it pretty well. So, like... You know, I try, you know, at the end of the day, like he does it from perspective, like he's trying to win, like he wants me to be better. I kind of view it that way. So like I, I try to take it in, but like sometimes he was just overdo it and he was just really annoying. So that's the one thing I disliked about him. But like I said, he's just a really passionate. He really cared. And I really like that he he would do um, what needs to be done to win. I feel like you don't find that all the time in players like people slack in that area. It's it's interesting because Doug obviously he, he ends up dominating headlines even nowadays, right? Like he's still still dominating headlines and Deserto and everything else. Um, and he, it's yeah. almost, and I, and I mean, it's in the nicest way, right? I've had long conversations with Doug. Um, he almost is kind of like a caricature of himself when it comes to social media. Is he always that full on? <laughs> like, is he always like what seems like the most passionate, motivated man I've ever known? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> he's hilarious. I, I to this day, like his posts his twitter posts like his random stuff like he is hilarious and you gotta respect that. i think over time it like it grew like the more he got the more older he got the more he grew as a person he's become even more like outspoken and more like i'm the i'm gonna be the best i'm gonna win but he's always been kind of like that and he's always been like that kind of like confident character like even back in the day and like in game no i i i fully get it and obviously it kind of paid off because the very first event of AEW going into the Jetpack Call of Duties, you guys won. And if if I remember correctly, the Columbus Open, was that the event where Aix had his thumb like cut open or, or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was? That was the same event. It was pretty absurd. We somehow won two best of fives with Aix <laughs> showing up late and with, with his hand cut, like he had like stitches on his hand and stuff like, and his thumb, it was absurd. I remember that. I feel like Aix was well known back then for being late to actual events. Like he would yeah. just turn up whenever he wanted to after the cholera. Just be like, I'm, I'm Aix. It's fine. I'll be there when I want to. Um, but yeah, that was obviously like a, a very big thing back then. Like I said, first game, new mechanics, right? We've gone straight into jetpacks here. Not even like wall running, little bit jetpacks. AW was full burst mechanic. Yeah. Massive radical shift for Call of Duty and, and everything involved. How did you cope? I mean, obviously pretty well by looking at the results, but how did you cope with, with dealing with a new style of Call of Duty? Um, it was interesting at first, but 
I don't know. It it was fun. I I enjoyed like the crazy movement, the fast mechanics. Um, at first, first hand, like it was fun. I I I really enjoyed it. It was a little bit different. There were certain things that maybe weren't as competitive, and uh-huh. I definitely didn't like. But overall, it was a cool shift to have something new. I mean, Call of Duty was out what like six six seven years before that, yeah. and it was always like the same basic like boots in the ground. So I guess they were trying to like change the game up a bit. It wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> and they and they did change the game up. Like going from Yeah. I remember watching the very first sort of like trailer for that. And if I remember correctly, there's a guy, uh it's, it's I can't remember the map name now, but he basically just has the like jumps over and jumps back and then jumps behind the guy and I'm like, Oh god, what is this? <laughs> like this is this is very, very different. Um and you know, yeah. it, it's interesting to look back on it through history because people really enjoyed the AW days. I remember for myself, the first six months I loved, second six months I didn't. Uh, yeah. And I think that's because like the meta got a bit stale and it was it was a bit weird. And apparently that was also the era of you you could get the uh, the gun that was overpowered. Uh, the battle. Oh yeah, the 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 variants or Obsidian whatever they were called. Seed or something like those. Like just just yeah, mad. The, the ASM one had one too, which was like absurd. It was like better than the the default one. <laughs> this is something we never had to deal with the cutter before. We never had to go, oh, well, you can't use this gun. You got out of a box now. You have to, you have to leave it <laughs> yeah. there. But um, obviously, you went, yeah. you went from that win, and the next big one was Orlando, um, and it didn't go well. Like this was obviously the next year, essentially, uh, going into yeah. into just after January. Uh, and I was at this event because I ended up flying in new, on New Year's. Um, what happened from first top sixteen in that small amount of time? Like it, it was only a month and a half from. Or maybe even less. Yeah. Um, this is like a conspiracy from Doug. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of feel like it, it was probably part of the reason. I won't say it's the full reason. Um, I think Doug, or I think Pat Aches was kind of like set on, I guess, like kind of getting new players for me and Doug, or pretty much, or made for Doug, I guess, after I had a bed event, whatever, maybe for me as well. And he kind of won that tournament. It's, it's like one of those things, like, if your whole team isn't, like, as a unit, you guys aren't coming out with the fire, you guys aren't all playing to win, like, you're, you can get beaten by, like, you know, a, a team that you don't expect to get beaten by. You just get caught off guard. So we were into a tournament. I think that was, like, part of the reason. I also, I remember for Christmas, I think I went to the Phase House or something like that. And I was there for, like, a week, kind of like a mini vacation slash, you know, I tried to play it over there. We had league, match, league matches. I was literally in, like, a like a bootlegged setup. I remember, like, the, the monitor was on top of, like, a cardboard box. Like, I literally just set whatever I can to play there. And I think we won that match. But I think it kind of hurt our practice, I guess, for a week. And I guess, like, maybe Pat thought differently of me. Like, this guy's on vacation. Well, we should be practicing. Like, I don't even want to yeah. play with this guy anymore kind of thing. And, I mean, it was just one of those things where, you know, I decided to, um, I guess, prioritize, like, ha- like life. spending time with life, I guess, in a way. Like, a little mini vacation, you know, going with my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, you know, to enjoy ourselves a little bit. And, and you know, when in esports, you know, it's like no days off. Like, people want to play every day, all day. And some people would just, like, you know, chalk you up if you do things like that, especially back in the day. I feel like now it's a little bit different, but that's how it was. Everyone just wanted to play all day, every day. And if you don't, then they think differently of you. No, I, I fully understand that. It's even now, like you see some players would just 
what I was going to say, like, outrageous work ethics, but I don't even think it's that anymore. It's just, like, almost doing too much to the point where you, it's almost detrimental. Like, oh, I've got to play 15 hours a day uh, to be cracked. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe uh, realistically, at that level, everyone shoots is about, you know, getting into the right zone and stuff. And I think, if we're being honest, from those days to now, I think the fact that, you know, you have your scheduled scrims and you've already your times mm-hmm. and people get time off, everyone's sort of realised that that's kind of toxic how it was back then. Like it just yeah. wasn't healthy for anybody. Um, <laughs> but you you were right. Like, everybody was in that mindset of, I need to play 16 hours a day. Uh, otherwise, you're seen as somebody not worth playing with. Like, yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, pretty much. And to, like, add to that, I mean... I think part of it is pretty much people want you to play all the time and like every day. And I guess the way the mindset was like everyone was young, everyone, you know, a lot of people weren't in a relationship. A lot of these gamers, a lot of people weren't like in school. So, you know, the people who like most of the gamers didn't have any of those things. So they're like, play, play, play. And then like every team is playing. So we got to play. If not, we're going to get behind. But then, like, the few people who were, like, still in school or had, like, relationships, like, it just became difficult for them. And, like, they, I guess we understood it more. It was, like, you know, we're, like, overdoing it a little bit. But if you don't follow up with, like, every team's grind, then you're going to just fall behind. So, like, you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I completely forgot as well, by the way. I forgot about the uh, the censor conspiracy there about Doug throwing that event. Um, I feel like that was brought up not even that long ago. Like, Doug mentioned it recently in the yeah. last couple of months. Uh, which is mad because it was in 2015. But obviously then you, you kind of switched over and there was the, the league season. You were on Justice for just a little, just one season, essentially the uh, the regular season with classic Mochilera and still Sensor, still Doug, still Doug, it's a pretty, yeah. pretty consistent thing coming through here. <laughs> um, but that only lasted a little while. And then you moved over to Phase Black, essentially, from from the main Phase team into Phase Black. What, what kind of happened there? Is it just like obviously a re-figuring out essentially your team yeah i mean we kind of wanted to stay with phase i guess that was a big thing um phase was treating us so well and there i think that's like i think that's why they were more okay like splitting the team up because they knew they could do the like phase black phase red type of thing and honestly um i think we we teamed with proofy and study and they were good players but at the end of the day we kind of caught we kind of got like tossed aside a little bit because I think Austin it was um Pat and Austin and they got like enable and I forgot who was the fourth. Parasite. They got they got yeah. they got Chris. So that was like in my opinion a better squad. And it is what it is. We we got this team and we just grinded and tried our best to get better and just play at the tur- like play at the tournament, do what we can type of thing. Yeah, I mean, you guys looking at this weren't bad, right? Like, it just there's there's no you know a way around it. You guys are top four in the open qualifiers. You guys, when you went into the into the regional final, came top eight, which is still very good considering all the teams that were in it back then as well, right? Um, yeah. And then we we walk into the world championship, the 2015 world championship, and you don't have the best of times, right? Like even with what is essentially a very stacked roster when you look at those names, right? Yourself, Sensor, Proofy, and Study. Very good players, uh, especially yeah. all around there. What happened in 2016, the World Championship? 2016, um, I think uh, we kind of just... 2015, sorry, AW. <laughs> oh, 2015. I think we just kind of choked, honestly. Like, there was... I remember some games. 
I remember vividly. <laughs> Champs usually is in my memory pretty good. And um, I mean, like you said, we were actually a pretty good team and we weren't bad at all. But at, at Champs, it was kind of those things like, I guess, in the moment type of thing. Or maybe your teammate or player didn't perform as, as well as he should have. And it was just like these little things that made us lose against some of these like lower teams. I think I think for sure if we didn't choke, we were like guaranteed at least top eight finish but unfortunately you know stuff happens in game and you just can't and control it, especially your teammates especially at the world championship that is always an extra factor in it's so it's so mad when you whenever you speak to anybody because they just remember the world championship so differently it's like yeah we, we were <laughs> either really well or really badly going into it and then whatever happened it almost feels like a dice roll a lot of the years because people are like well we could yeah. we were top four and then pff, don't know what happened <laughs> um <laughs> But fortunately, again, you know, this is a, a weird thing for anybody listening or, or watching this who has only been watching COD for the last couple of years. Uh, the World Championship was early on in the year. So you kind of bounced back. You joined Prophecy um, back then. Obviously, that org was only around for a little while. Um, yeah. Supposed to be a really cool org, if I remember correctly. And then it kind of just went by the wayside. I don't think they had the funding. But you kind of definitely bounced back. You finished Spring Masters. You came over. Came second. Second. Blew the world away. <laughs> it was such a random team. That's the that's the funny thing. Yeah, was it Aix, Aqua, Nagafen, and, and yourself? Obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's like that's an interesting thing because the week after you came top sixteen again at California, was it jet lag? Was what happened? Like cause that's that's mad. That's only it's literally one weekend to the next from second. Okay, I will say this. I don't want to put him on blast. Okay, but I think Nag Nagafen again. It was like it was like the goon effect. Nagafin was amazing at Gfinity. He was playing really well. He was a questionable player. We always thought like he was maybe low and consistent, but like yeah. at that tournament, he played really well. And then going to the Cali event, like he just like like half his skill. Like he just went and wasn't playing as good. His comms are kind of off. I think if I remember correctly, I think he he like he was having like girl problems or broke up with his girlfriend or they they broke up, something like that. And I think that really affected him that tournament. I think it had something to do with that. So I guess it just it kind of hurt us. I'm not gonna say it was all his fault, because obviously we probably all of us on the team could have played a little better, but I think that was like part of the factor of why we did so bad. I think that's I think that's fair. Like I mean, you can blame him if you want. Like it doesn't bother me. It's five years <laughs> ago, he probably won't even care. Um Nah, I know. <laughs> but obviously this this set along a little bit of change because you had the regular season after this and then you had another team change and it, it, here's the weird bit i've got to ask you about because technically you, yeah it says here you played under phase black for a 5k and then went back to prophecy obviously replacing nagafen for octane by the look of it um what happened is that is that was that a deciding factor then to get rid of Nagafen to say, look, we need to make a change here. Were you involved in that decision or was it Aches kind of pulling the strings? Um, honestly, I don't remember doing that whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> it was probably Aches a little bit more than like any of us. But yeah, we played with Octane. Octane at the time was obviously like still fairly new, but he was like that kind of raw talent newcomer. And it was so unfortunate, man. I, I still think about it. We lost, like, a, to qualify for the league or whatever, we lost, like, a 5-5 last map. We had, like, a 3v2 situation. Like, we could have clutched up. And then, like, it, things would be so different. 
I guess in a way, but we lost and we didn't qualify. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's that's basically what ended up happening, right? And so as that team kind of carried on and went to season three relegation and stuff, you ended up going to elevate for a few, uh, for basically for one event, right? You had some online. One stuff, event, yeah. One event went for Dallas, uh, and then the changeover to Rise into the Summer Championship back in England, where realistically you've done pretty well at most events where we spoke about you come over the pond. Not this one, though. Top 12. No. Um, yeah. And that's obviously your new team here, a team of people you've not played with so far in your career. Um, what happened to, to join up with it? So it's Burns, Chino, Wheats, and yourself. Uh, how did this come about? Like, why from... You've had a pretty pretty small pool of players you've been playing with for the last five years, uh, and this is a yeah. big kind of shift to a brand new team. I think I just got thrown to the pit. <laughs> I had a fight for my life. I mean, it was one of those situations like, you know, your your stock drops a bit. People have people don't want to play with you. Teams are full. And you just got to claw your way back up. And obviously, like, I still think they were good players. Like, don't get me wrong. But obviously, when you think about the players I was teaming with and, like, I was winning, like, tournaments. And then I kind of had, I think I only had, like, two... I think like two teams to join, maybe three, but like they were like all like mid team, you know, mid pro player pro yeah. teams. And I mean, I just saw this team. I'm like, these guys are pretty good. We got a good org. And I was like, I'm just going to try to do something with them and kind of thing. So I, I got to ask you then a little bit of a tangent here for this. When you are in a, let's say, downturn of career wise and stock wise, like what is it like being a player in that scenario saying, you know, this is. Is there any like pressure for you to like stay awake at night going, oh God, if I don't get a few good results soon or if I don't prove myself, <laughs> this could go from good to worse, right? Especially when you're a champion. Yeah. Like, you've been used to playing on that main stage. You've been used to lifting that trophy. To, to kind of changing tact and going, I need to try and keep being relevant in some way. Like what is that experience like? I definitely think it's stressful. Very stressed stress a lot of stress <laughs> <laughs> i do think about it all the time and like we'll talk about it more soon but like i definitely had times like that in my career where i drop my stock drops i'm kind of this player no one wants to play with and it's like i gotta make a name for myself i gotta i gotta come back and it's like i changed i changed my mentality it's like i'm just driven and i want to make it happen and i think it's part it's like i have love for the game you know, I love competing. I love playing. You know, it's it's like a blessing, and I think I'm talented, so I don't want to throw that talent away. So I just keep keep going at it. But there was a time where I thought it was almost all over. But we'll get to that soon. No, no, that, that's <laughs> completely fair. Like I said, it's it's one of these things, and and I suppose again, this is a different tangent from me. Um, it's only and it's even only the last few years that I've really kind of accepted it. Well, players sometimes get very upset with talent or casters or analysts about when they talk about them negatively and yeah. uh, there has always been a part of it's like oh i just deal with it as long as i've got a logical reason it's fine but i understand the emotional side of it from a player because if i'm for instance if i was to push a narrative uh and it is a detrimental narrative no matter how right i am that narrative could potentially impact a pro player's future career their future signings because you know if yeah. you are a member of talent or anything and you have that platform to permeate that into the into the psyche of the community and anybody else watching it could potentially like a, a a phrase or something else could cost you thousands could cost you thousands or a career right like it, it's that insane is very true 
Yeah. And to and to like add on top of that, like you could think about it even like positive. Like I feel like let's say let's say I'm frying and a tea and a caster is like gassing me up. Yeah. And then next time, like I stream or like I'm, you know, I'm on Twitter, like I get like a lot of follows or my stream viewers like boost two times. Like yeah. it's crazy how much impact like casters and like everyone can have like negative negatively or positive. But you're right. Like it, it could impact like someone's career in a bad way. Yeah. And it's obviously just more stress, right? Like that's that's even worse. You don't want to go back and watch the VOD and be like, oh, God, they said <laughs> terrible things about me in this one. Yeah. Um, I've had that a lot, <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean that's uh, that's why like for me I've always I never used to be this understanding because I obviously was just like a terrible person, but I was always like <laughs> for me it's like you put yourself in the spotlight I'll say whatever I want, uh, and now I'm like well I can kind of understand it I mean I'm still going to say things like I'm still going to say yeah. whatever I want to, but I understand why people would be upset like because it is yeah. a career that you can dictate. Um, but we, like I said, that was a tangent. I just wanted to talk about it quickly. Let's move on. Um, so this te- this team here kind of ended after the the season three playoffs, right? You got a top twelve there with Rise. You moved essentially back to TK for the World Finals, very big event actually in 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 the history. Of it was pretty big, yeah. Um, the MG World Finals. That was obviously you've played with some of these players before, but that didn't go well. The why didn't it go well? Because you seem to be having okay in a 10k and a 5k series before that, and then you came top 16 at the end of AW. I guess it was just one of those things where we just weren't as good at the game um, as other teams were. Nothing. There was no. There was no like specific reason we could have maybe played more, maybe put in more effort during practice, like playing the game a better way in a more consistent way and like just being more like talented at that game. But it just, we just weren't. So it's kind of teams are just better at us, better than us. Yeah. I I understand that completely. And now let's move on then because I really want to talk about black ops three. Great year. Cause I don't think we've, we've come out of this dip now and, and this is, this is a great year for you in my opinion. Um, so the start of it, obviously off TK, no longer with the TK team. Uh, and I've got here that you're in the Invitational Qualifiers with E6, uh, again, back with Sensor, Study, and Dido. Uh, and then, because the, here's the thing, right? you didn't do bad in these events, like top 16 in the first Invitational Qualifier, and then you did the online one, you come top eight. Not the worst result in the world. So how on yeah. earth did you end up joining Team Liquid <laughs> with Merc, <laughs> Study, and Burns? Well, the, the Invitational, I think you had a place top eight. To qualify for the league, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the first one and then the second one, I think we had to been like top four yeah. to get like the last four spots. So we just barely didn't qualify for two of those. Um, it was one of those moments where you know it just feels like everything's going wrong. Like I had like a really bad end of AW. Go to BO3, you know. Here I am, like I'm grinding. Like I'm like, all right, this is gonna be a better year. Like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make something happen. Then I don't qualify for season one. And then it's like, well, shit, like, what what do I do now kind of thing? And that's where, like, I think there was this, like, moment and, like, a spark in me where I was like, all right, I either have to go all in or this might not, like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, in a couple months, like, this is it for me kind of thing. Yeah. And that's where, like, I joined Team Liquid. We got a good organization. I was really happy. They treat us... You know, they took a lot of care of us. And that's when, like, they partnered my stream. 
and I started streaming a lot. I started playing the game a lot, like 10 to 12 hours every single day. And I was like streaming a lot. I was playing a lot. I was putting in a lot of time. Like all of us on the team were. And that's kind of how like it started. Like, I guess the grind, the super grind. <laughs> the super... Here's the thing. I like, I love that team, by the way. The team Liquid Team. I was a massive yeah. fanboy back in the day. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great team of people. You guys were talented, and you had awesome uniforms, and it was Team Liquid. Like that was the white, that was the white jackets. I remember correctly. Yeah, really um, nice. The Team Liquid, honestly, Team Liquid, obviously massive name in esports as well, huge thing. Yeah. Um, and it ended so we had to talk about as we go through. Obviously, you won the open bracket, first open bracket. You guys had some really good results as we go through, qualify for yeah. regular re- the relegation, and then. Ah, oh, this 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 sucked. I remember watching this game, and it sucked for me to watch because I love, like I said, I love the team, and I wanted to see you in the league so badly. Um, so what? So what happened, man? At that that relegation sort of like stage one. Um, um well, we it go was hard, it was heart-wrenching for me, right? Yeah, we beat. I think we won our first match, and then we had to win our second match to qualify. We go up three zero. I'm frying. I'm like, let's go. We got this. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing. And then I, I guess it was like kind of like a slowdown slash like we just we we stopped like playing as good. I don't know. Like, it's I don't know. It's one of those things where like you just get over your like over like I don't know. You just get like kind of cocky or you you start playing worse. Like I don't know. They started coming out with the fire. We started like slacking in a way. I was still playing really well, but they were just beating us and there were some close maps and we just couldn't clutch up and it was just it sucked it sucked bad really bad yeah like i said i was i can't even imagine being in that scenario as well like having fought your way back from what like i said not qualifying for the league then you've got like the fans behind you as well right like because that was that was the crazy thing that's one of the biggest fans uh, like size of crowd i've seen but like a non yeah. technically what was a non pro team at the time there was like yeah. so many people like crowding around those stages to watch you guys play um and it just it, it fell apart here's the thing though turns out right there is a silver <laughs> lining to this story because this is when you moved over to envious um yeah. so like you didn't qualify for the league and joined envies how did that happen because that's like obviously envies one of the the goat orgs, one of the OGs. Um, how did yeah. you go from from being in like Team Liquid, great organization, but not qualifying for the league, and then kind of almost failing upwards into 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 Envious? It's kind of crazy how like I always think about like how the little things, like how everything could go differently just by one little thing, and it's crazy how you know we we somehow choke to not qualify so i would have been on team liquid there was no way i could have joined any other team even if i wanted to because once you qualify through the league you can't like make a roster change you're locked so i would have been on team liquid but instead we don't qualify and then now i have like i had like two other team offers it was like complexity i think at the time which was like um nameless and i don't know who else's teammates were and then it was like other team but i really wanted to join envy um I, I teamed with Slasher before. Obviously, we won before that last year. I knew J-Cap was a really good player. And I heard, like, rumors they were trying to get John. So I'm like, I would love to team with this squad. And I re- I remember Sunday, I think it was Sunday night after I didn't qualify. I had to stay there, obviously, because my flight wasn't until Monday. And Austin, a.k.a. Slasher and Sender, um, 
we all like walked we all went to like denny's or something at night to like eat food and i and we were just talking and i kept telling him like, listen you need to pick me up <laughs> <laughs> i kept i've kept engraving it to his head i'm like i promise you like i'm really good at this game like you need to pick me up like i'm not going to disappoint you trust me and he was definitely interested in picking me up but they're they're looking at saints first they wanted saints pretty bad so i was kind of like their second option but they're like really trying to get saints and they all want saints like everyone yeah. on team wants saints but i think saints like had issues before on envy and uh Stroh was kind of unsure didn't really want to pick him up i guess so since they denied him they were like okay we'll, we'll pick you up. we want to play with you and i was like yes let's go <laughs> I was so happy. I was so happy because not only do I get back into the league, but I have a team that I know can like be at the top and like compete with the best. And I'm like, I was so happy. I'm like, this is my first time that maybe in like two since like ghosts or like, I guess the beginning of AW where like, I'm like, I have a championship team and I was like, I'm going to grind my ass off and I'm not going to let this opportunity like go by. Like, I'm going to make sure I make something out of this kind of kind of mindset. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that was it's it's insane. Like so, it's a little bit of failing upwards. Like you fail to qualify and somehow get into the league with a good team, and we'll talk about how good they are in just a minute. Um, <laughs> first event, MLG Open uh, with Anaheim, big event of the year, top eight, which isn't bad. Like obviously, looking back on the career, it was like oh, anything outside the top three is ridiculous. Uh, but top eight's yeah. always a good. That's still pro level, right? Like top eight yeah. has always been considered the pro level in Call of Duty if you can get a top eight placing. Um, and then bounce back, right? You get into the regular season stage two, end up winning that one as well. Stage two playoffs, you end up winning. Like this team found form at this point. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing it just that was just it clicking, right? Like you guys were just in a in a really good place with Black Ops Three. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I grinded not only like when I joined that team. I was grinding a lot before that. I feel like I had a good understanding of the game. I played the game really well. I had the movement on like lockdown. And like even when I joined, I continued that like intense grind. And John was a grinder. And I think after Anaheim, Austin was like still a college student. And after Anaheim, he was done with his classes and he was able to like full-time gaming again. So we were all able to like put in this insane amount of time, effort, and in scrims as well. And we were able to like get so much better and we're all not only were we really good as a team but we're all like individually really good too yeah and and, and it showed right multiple wins uh stage two playoffs then you went to mlg orlando open you came second which admittedly just before the biggest event of the year was probably a little worrying to not win that one as well <laughs> um you lost to optic gaming yeah uh the old obviously the the classic optic versus envious thing here uh but yeah. i don't i don't want to talk too much about that because have to talk about your world championship. We go into the Call of Duty World League Championship in 2016, where you became a world champion, and I want to talk through that event because obviously it's a highlight to become a ring holder. Like there are only yeah. a few, and nobody forgets the world champions. Your world championship, no one can take it away. It doesn't matter what else you do, like during it. A world champion is forever engraved in in Call of Duty's Hall of Fame. Um, oh yeah. So so talk me through that event for you. Well, the funny thing is, leading up to it, I think it was even before I joined Envy. I was like, I remember because I I made a video on this. I'm like, I tweeted, I was like, I'm going to win champs this year, 
And I never say stuff like that, but I was just, I was so focused, focused and fixated. And it's like I told you, like back in the day when I first went to my first champs, like ever since I lost that one, I was like, I'm going to win one. And going to that tournament, we had like such good placings. You know, we won a tournament. Um, we were looking really good. I'm like, we were one of the favorites. I'm like, this is it. I'm like, this, I'm like, I went to that tournament, like I'm giving 110% every map every call out, every situation, like I'm going to try my hardest to make sure we win this thing. I was so confident, not only as a player, but as a team. And like, we went to this tournament, like, obviously, I mean, we were like, we knew like we could win this thing. And, um, I mean, pool play was like, it's funny. Cause we went down Oh two right away to C nine at the time, which was Pat's team. And we reverse swept them because we wanted to get the first seed. So if Ofte got the first seed, we wouldn't we wouldn't play each other first round. The only way we would have played each other is if we if one of us lost. So we reverse swept them to find out Optic actually lost their first match. <laughs> so now we're like, oh great. So now we gotta play them winners first round, most likely. But I mean, even then, like going to that optic match, like I mean, sometimes, you know, the mindset is like, you got to beat the best to be the best. So we're like, we just got to take care of them right here. And there was so many like clutch moments and we were able to take them out. And then, and then once we beat them, we were like, this is it. Like, we just beat the best team. Like, we're we're such a high, like, we knew that we can win this whole thing. And I honestly, I think w- what cemented it for us and ironically, we, well, before I get to that, what cemented it for us was when Optic got knocked out by C9. Yeah. We're like, th- we're like, this is it. Like, this is our tournament. They're like, we feel, we really felt like they were, they were the only team that could beat us. But going into winter finals, when we played Elevate, we were actually that went down one two, and it got kind of scary. And I mean, we ended up winning three two last map, but they were on, honestly a really good team as well. They played the game really, really different, but really well. Was it a little bit of a shock? Because obviously you got to the final, and I'm not gonna lie to you here, it broke some European hearts. Because we, you know, being a European <laughs> myself, Splice getting yeah. there and, and, and the other teams, I think it was Fabi at the time getting top four as well. Um, like, you, you sat down across from Splice in the World Championship, and especially back then, right? Like, North American teams didn't give a ton of credence to European teams, I would say, usually for pretty good reason. Like, we just choked every single event we went to. Um, yeah. But I actually had rated on last week uh, talking about this event as well, and he said, you guys were just a different gravy that event. Like there was clearly something that propelled you to this next world championship level. Because even if I remember correctly, they won the first hard point in that final. Yeah, they did. And he was like, "Oh, we could do this after their ridiculous loser bracket run." And obviously, you guys sort of went, "Whoa, hold on, we didn't fight our way to main stage to to, to go out this season." But that was also an incredible stage, right? Full stadium, forty feet oh, up in the air for some reason. It was awesome. I felt, yeah, the the experience, the tournament, everything was so awesome. They won that first map, and you know, your first glance, your free, you you first, you know, thought that comes to your head is like, oh shit, like these guys are <laughs> pretty good, because <laughs> we thought we were gonna keep them. But one thing that I do remember is apparently, um, Cap was getting like frame rate lag, which was a uh-huh. thing. It started in AW, I think, but it was a thing even on LAN, and he was getting like this little frame rate lag. And then I guess he like raged after we lost first map at the ref. He was like, yeah, he got mad at, at them. He was like, dude, I had frame rate lag. Like, what the hell? Like, I told you, like, I shouldn't be playing with this. And whatever. We're like, it's all good. Like, we brushed it off. Um, surprisingly enough, like, what was it like? There was like four game modes in BO3. It was like SD, CTF, and Uplink. 
I'm pretty yeah, sure. I, I, I remember having some ridiculousness like that. What is it called? You yeah, have to experiment so we, with its, its formats. Funny enough, like, I mean, we're a nasty at hardpoint, but, like, we are really just as good at every game mode. We're good at CTF. We're good at uplink. And even SNDU was crazy. So, I mean, we're just so confident going to end all the other maps. Like, we lose first map. Like, I think that ha that's happened to us in another tournament where we, like, lost the optic first map and we just win the next three. Like, we're just that we're that good at, like, all the modes. It's well prepared. It's it. It was such a, a great final. Because here's the thing. Like, I've spoken about this before. But people really wanted to see Optic go, like, the distance for the numbers and the viewership and the year. And they won the last event. The the final, like, seeing you guys up there on the main stage, and I remember this, was fantastic. It went to, like, an American versus European thing. Yeah. If, if anything, right, that event helped push European Call of Duty further. Because the, there was finally, like, an appetite in the American side of it to watch them play. And you guys put on a great show. Obviously, you ended up beating them and taking that win. Um, but it was Black Ops 3 XP. I've always said he's one of my favorite champs. The, it, all the storylines that came together, the win, the, the atmosphere, just the stadium itself, ridiculous. The yeah. whole way through was a ridiculous event because that was also the... Um, that was the event where they put like a festival outside as well. That's the crazy thing. There's yeah. like, so much <laughs> stuff going on. Uh, but I, ha I have to ask you, right? Everything you've been through in your career, all the highs, all the lows, they obviously, this has to be one of the defining moments because, like I said before we start talking about this, the World Championship, what was it like finally getting your hand on a World Championship, that ring, $800,000 for the team? Like, talk me through the, the, the probably the raw emotions for you at that point. Ah, I don't know. At first, I couldn't believe it. But then it was like, we we're all celebrating. We're like, we won, we did it. And then, I mean, it's just life-changing. Like that type of money obviously is very life-changing. Um, it was life-changing money, life-changing moment. I felt like that was like my number one goal in my career was like to win a world championship. And to, to accomplish that, honestly, it was just like the most amazing feeling ever. And with the crowd and with like the stadium, like you said, it was just like absurd in every way. And I, I mean, I was I was happy too because funny enough, like uh, Marie and I were getting married, I think that year, well, like the end of the year. So like money was kind of tight, you know. We were um, we're struggling to for you know we wanted to get a new car at at the time. I had like a a, a Mitsubishi Galant like 2000, like it was my first car ever, and I had yeah. it for years, and it had no AC. I was literally riding with no AC for like a year or two. And I, I mean, I could have replaced it eventually when I was doing better on Envy, but I never did because I was like, well, I might as well not spend like the money. I might as well buy a new car eventually. So I was literally riding this old car with no AC. You know, I had this um, wedding planned in a couple months and winning that money was like such an awesome thing because, you know, it just it was life changing for me to be able to get have a nice wedding, to get a new car and just like be able to enjoy some of these things a little more. That I mean, that's that's awesome to hear, man. Because like, not only is it a culmination of everything you've worked for for six, seven years at this point, like first going into competitive, yeah, but to change your life in such a significant way where you suddenly like the worries about your wedding and and finances, which you know, like you said, aren't you you weren't living you know hand to mouth, but at the same time you were like, I've got to to get you know stable here. 
Yeah. You're right, life changing, right? Because all of a sudden your your wedding is like, well, we have money for the wedding now. I don't have to. I, <laughs> we can loosen the budget oh, yeah. a little bit. We can loosen the budget a little bit. Um, what, it's was funny. That? I just want to say real quick because that 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 start of the year, I remember making a stream, like streaming. Right, I started streaming a lot, and I had a donation um goal. It was like two thousand dollars, and we actually ended up hitting it like a month and a half in. And I was I appreciated that so much. And it was like a very low budget, but like we're just gonna, you know, do what we can and whatever I made, we're just gonna try to make a weapon a wedding happen. But then obviously I I made all this like money. We're able to like have such an amazing and awesome wedding. So definitely like a lot of the worries just like went away and I was just really happy. That's that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that, man. Was was uh, your fiance at the time there at Champs or was that a phone call oh, afterwards? Yeah. Were. She was there. She was there. <laughs> well, as soon as I won, she was there. That was like a, a celebration straight away. Like, I imagine it must have been just um, unbelievable to experience that with uh, a significant other as well. Um, but obviously, yeah. that that uh, does end our Black Ops 3 walkthrough. And we go into Infinite Warfare. Still with the same team. Obviously, World Championship teams tend not to break apart as we go to game to game. Um, <laughs> but obviously, again, you know, a slight change of mechanics, not as much. It was, it was a little bit different in terms of like the, the future COD. Which, you know, I know a lot of people are not a lot a big fan of IW. Um yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Uh and you kind of came into that one and it was like four <laughs> months later. Uh Vegas Open top twelve for the team. There are various results here as we as we kind of walk through it. Was that just uh just getting used to the game, IW? Uh yeah, I think it's a mix of things. And just to go over quickly some of them, I don't know all of them, but um I think one was I think Austin wasn't the biggest fan of the game, and in general, as a team, we weren't like the biggest fan of the game. It was definitely a lot different, less competitive in a way. Um, so there was like I feel like whenever there's hate with a game, and especially like early on, it kind of hurts the team yeah. to improve because you're so like fixated on this game sucks. Like I hate playing this game instead of like, hey, what can we do to get better? What should we be doing? This like kind of fixating more on like getting better. So that was like part of the issue. And I think p other part of the issue, even though if no one wants to say it, I think definitely we got like a little bit comfortable. You know, we just won the biggest tournament ever. I'm sure like any worries financially, you know, like you were saying, like we're winning like back in the day. I mean, we started to have a little bit of a salary, like going into IW for sure. Yeah. But, you know, winning was like really big on making money and like being the best. You know, you, you know, you made a lot of money that way, but we just won the biggest, biggest tournament up to date in prize you know it was 200k each so it definitely um i felt like there was just a little complacency as a team and as players and that's also what hurt us and that's why we started so slow like mix of those two things in my opinion yeah no i can i can understand it see the thing is i've, I've spoken to players about this before about like the mental mindset of moving forward and i guess that's why it's better nowadays when you have a coach and the staff to kind of keep you on track and keep you honest yeah because motivation, as, as anybody knows, is fleeting. It's difficult for somebody to remain motivated all the time. It doesn't work. Um, but fortunately, you know, you ended up bouncing back. And that was probably just like a, a kick up the backside, essentially, because you went to Atlanta Open, came top three, which is a very good result. Um, went to Paris a week later. And again, this is that with two <laughs> events, <laughs> top 12. Yeah. Uh, which one was that? Was Paris, was that Paris Open the one with the, the massive Just Dance stage? Was it that one? It might have been, the, yeah, I yeah. think it was that one. That was <laughs> yeah. a, yeah. It's an interesting I event. Think, yeah, I think we had to actually play through bracket that tournament. 
Oh yeah, maybe that, yeah. That's that's what actually kind of like messed with us because, um, so going back to that, we were playing so bad at the start of the year, and we're like kind of this bad team, and we weren't really getting pro points, and that's when the pro point system kind of got introduced, where you had to play GBs to get even more. Yeah, because they were giving you stuff from two Ks, but we were like placing last every two K. So we were so behind, and then we're like, oh, we got to grind pro points. So the first, like, month, we're grinding pro points. And then we're, like, stuck in this place where we suck still because we, like, <laughs> scrim and play 2Ks and do bad. But then at the same time, it's like we were forced to grind these pro points to get points. And then I think at the last month, um, Austin made a call. He was like, screw this. Like, I don't care. We're not playing pro points anymore. We're just going to scrim. We're going to grind, and we're going to get better. And at the time, it's like, it's questionable because, you know, you're relying everything at Atlanta. Like, if we go to Atlanta, if we place bad, then we don't qualify for the league. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we grinded hard. I grinded a lot. I put in a lot of time. I, I was really good. I played really well at Atlanta. And um, we went to that tournament and ended up getting third and secured us a spot in the in the league with all those pro points. But the thing is, the pro points didn't register right away. So we had to go to Paris, I'm pretty sure, and start an open bracket, which kind of, I guess, was part of the reason why. I think if we would have started like in pool play or whatever, we probably would have like placed better that tournament. Open bracket's always hard on anybody you've ever spoken to play through it. Like you don't expect people yeah. to win through open bracket, even if they're the best team at the event. Open bracket's such a grind usually that it just takes their toll on players for for days and end. And especially if I remember correctly, being nice about that event, very few <laughs> things were top tier. Um, yeah, there was some. some stuff. <laughs> there were some questionable <laughs> decisions from uh, ESWC. I think ran it. Including the yeah. fact that players couldn't go where they wanted to, regardless of of who they were, like they had to be escorted in and out and be shut out of the venue and all kinds of rubbish. Um, yeah. But let's move forward because CWL Dallas is here as well as the stage one playoffs, and I, I want to talk about those two first because this is this is like back to like middle of the pack essentially, like top six, top eight. Uh, you guys are obviously doing a little bit better uh, in terms of like committing to the game at the very least. This amount of money, by the way, run over the last few months. It's 50000 over the last three events uh, you guys have yeah. done. And I'm using this as context, by the way, because I have to ask you what on earth happened at the Anaheim Open. That is the worst place we've spoken about for you at an event over probably <laughs> the last six years. Um, yeah. So that's your okay. top 24. What happened at CW Anaheim in 2017 for Infinite Warfare? <laughs> I think there's too many internal problems. I think, I think a team kind of fell apart. Um, it's like one. Of, it was kind of the thing with like the Aches thing in Orlando. It was like an. It was like that at a, at a similar level. Basically, going to that tournament, uh, Austin was not happy with any of us. Like he really didn't want to. Like he was like trying to find another team. He could join another team. It was like. He was kind of planning on leaving. He didn't really want to play with us. Um, John like hated him for that. Didn't want to like play with him. But like, I was like, in, I was like in the middle. Like, I was pretty much feeling the same way. And then Cap, I guess, was Cap just in, <laughs> just in sitting there, like kind of like understanding everything. So it was kind of like we just broke from the inside, and we just like all disliked each other at the time, and just didn't want to play with each other. And we're like kind of forced to go to this tournament because we couldn't make changes before that, or like the changes didn't happen. So I don't care what anyone says. Like, I think Austin, I don't know if he said that sarcastically, but I remember, I think John asked Austin about it. And he's like, what? I was trying. Like, he, he said something like, you weren't even trying. And I was like, what? I was trying. But like, realistically, like, we just weren't a team that event. I felt, I felt like I just went to that event to play with friends. Like, we didn't like go as hard. We didn't call out as hard. The, the, the passion just wasn't there. And it showed 
And honestly, after we lost, we just like all brushed it off. Like we weren't even disappointed because we knew kind of like, like if we didn't beat ourselves or we, we were like, you know, it's just one of those losses <laughs> that you're like, you just kind of like, well, we didn't even try. So who cares that we lost kind of thing. That's the, that's the weirdest thing about this is not only did you have an all right middle of the pack thing, and you know what I'm about to say, you then had one of the mm-hmm. worst placings in the last six years into two back-to-back seconds. You went to the, global, the, the, the stage two playoffs, came second yeah. at stage two. That's $120,000. You went from a terrible play, one of the worst placings in the last six years, straight back to second in 40 days. What happened in 40 days to rejuvenate <laughs> this team? well you see the changes were supposed to happen maybe there were some changes that could have happened and none of it did so (laughs) we're like we're at this point where i mean we're all pretty mature for the most part and we're at this point where we have to stick stick with each other you know there's no changes happening like there's no reason to chalk the the rest of the year with these two big tournaments coming up so i think we all changed the mindset where we're like all right we're gonna try to get better and like go hard again and um that's pretty much what we did and it's funny how like i always think about this like it's funny how when a team wants to make changes really bad and they want to chalk the year how like bad it impacts them where if they just like from the start was like all right let's just try to fix what's going wrong then they probably would have done better or placed better and it just it takes like like for us to like being forced to stick to each other and knowing we can't make any changes for us to be like okay let's actually try to get better now and then you see like good results it's like I wish we just think that way from the start, but obviously <laughs> you're just mad at someone or like have hatred towards someone. Maybe, you know, it's a little bit harder to kind of just dismiss those emotions. So like, I kind of get it at the same time. But I mean, whatever you guys did, apparently there was a pretty line with Optic as well, but you guys did serious work. Like I said, second at the stage two playoffs, you lost to Optic, you know, who were having a very good year themselves, uh, $120,000. Yeah. And then you went to the world championship second again, almost. And this is the thing, like, your team stuck from year to year, almost went back to back in in rings, like huge yeah. year for you guys. Because obviously, just those two last events we're speaking about now, another three hundred twenty thousand you guys won as a team, um, from a team that, by all reasoning, probably wouldn't have existed if there was a little bit of change or you any you could have jumped or you could have made a change or, or anything for that. But yeah. Going into stage two playoffs and going into the world championship, like talk me talk me through that again. Like going for that second that that second time round run with the same team at a world championship. Was there a point where you guys thought, oh God, we could do this again here? Um, I mean, we went to that tournament, we just got second. We felt like we choked to Optic at season two playoffs. I definitely I remember some moments that we definitely misplayed and could have won us a map, so we could have potentially beat them. And then going to champs, we're like, all right, we just got second. We almost beat the best team. Like, we can do this again. Uh, we're definitely pretty confident going to the tournament. And I think we're really, like, when we beat, I think it was Optic at, for winter in winner's finals, we're like, we could win this whole thing. Like, that. as soon as we beat them, we're like, we're the better team. Uh, obviously, we knew they can come back and do well. But, you know, beating them was, like, the deciding factor for us. But of course, it didn't go that way. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't uh, do this, but somebody asked a great question in chat. How did you feel when Cap choked the uplink throw on Frost? Okay, Cap gets a lot of hate for that up- uplink <laughs> toss. Like, it, it, it is like at the time we're like, oh, like, like we're all like kind of disappointed in him. 
Um, but like watching it back and kind of understanding the situation, like that toss, it's like a it's like a weird like slide toss that it's just it's just so it's so awkward. Like if you don't aim, you gotta do it specifically in a perfect way for it to like hit really good. So it's like we're it's like disappointing, but at the same time, like that specific situation and that specific toss is like it is hard. So you can't be like too mad at him if you if he misses it. Oh, so fair. it is what it that, is. That, that, that's good to hear. That, that's good to hear. Coming to <laughs> Cap's defense there. Uh, okay, we move on to World War Two now. Um, and obviously, you guys, you spoke a little bit about friction with the team. I'm guessing that's the reason this team split up and you moved over to EG uh, with Aches, Nameless, and Enable uh, yeah. for this season. Right? Um, was that a big decision for you to go like, well, okay, I've been with these guys for almost two years now and we've done great work. Won a ridiculous amount of money. Like it's, it's like almost 1.4 million in prize money or something over those over those two years or something that team did. Um, to to move to EG uh, was this like a, an offer that came down the line you couldn't resist or or were you shopping for a team? No, this is what happened. Okay, <laughs> I wanted to stick with my boys. <laughs> I wanted to be with Envy again. I, I wanted to play with them, and you know we got two back to back second finishes potentially could have won both those tournaments and got first and first. And, you know, I love, I love those guys. I love the work ethic. I know they're talented and I wanted to play with them again, but unfortunately that's just not what they, they want to do. They wanted to kind of split ways. And that's where I was like kind of forced to like find a team. And at the time, like a lot of the teams are filled and I don't know what it is. I don't know if I just got it. I might've got into the game too late. Like the, the finding team thing, yeah. Because my options, I had like two, three options. And I guess, I don't know, either that or my, or people were just maybe talking negatively of me. Because, you know, I, I heard I heard some things. I heard some rumors. <laughs> you know, that's, that's I heard bad. some rumors. You, get, you just yeah. want a lot of money. You just done really well in, in that one. Joined this team. Admittedly, those rumors didn't, may, may have come true because the Dallas, you came top 20. Um, yeah. Fortunately, you know, your team rebounded, went straight to top eight in New Orleans. Uh, again at Atlanta, back-to-back top eights for the team here. No changes, which is something even back, you know, World War Two. There were no changes in that team. Were the vibes still good? Were you, were you guys thinking, oh, we can do something here to move forward? Because um, it actually didn't get better. It got worse before it got better. I think internally we're we're falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> I had okay, so this is like a funny little story, but. I remember, I think it was the Pro League. We were with this team, and it was like the first season or the first half, whatever it was, and we we're at Columbus. And I was rooming with Nameless at the time. And it was like Pat and Enable, and then me and Nameless were rooming. And then I remember, I think we lost a match or something, and Nameless and I had, n- not exaggerating, we had about a three-hour and a half conversation wow. nonstop. Like, we were literally standing... And like we barely sat, we're like standing the whole time, just talking to each other and like explaining things. And like that's how much stress and I guess how much we like cared and thought about the game. But we talked for like three hours and a half straight about like situations, about why this why this this guy in our team thinks this way, like we should be playing this way, like a lot of frustration involved. And yeah, we were just like we were just again just broken inside. We you know people wanted to play a game a certain way, we wanted to play the game a different way, and it just showed like we just weren't on the same page as a team, and that's why we played so bad. No, I I, I can understand that. Like I think that's something I yeah, I certainly can empathize with, and that kind of that. And let's be honest, right? 
kind of worked out because <clears throat> admittedly like birmingham open if i remember correctly that's what a lot of people refer to as the chalked event um back yeah. in <laughs> back in world <laughs> war ii fortunately went to seattle and came second with the squad uh but there is a possible reason for this um nameless got dropped and silly brought in uh as yeah. well as assault for a neighbor yeah yeah so change there that you ended up sticking with aches and was that like a stressful time dropping to half the team and, and trying to figure out you know especially coming towards the latter half of the year yeah i mean so funny enough i had i had like two i think i had like two teams trying to play with me and at the time, like, I was like, I want out of here. I was talking to EG <laughs> and I said, please let me go wherever I want to go. And like, you got to understand it from a business point of view. Like I was technically like our best player. So yeah. they didn't want to get rid of me. So they're, they're like really trying to find solutions. But I was like, please just let me go. Like, I didn't want to get stuck in this another shitty like situation. Yeah. So at the end of the day, they're like, hey, we're not going to be able to let you go. It's going to be, you know, you and Pat looking for two. And I was like, well, Pat was technically the second best on the team. So I was like, all right, well, I guess, you know, I got to stay true to, you know, I did sign for his team. I do play for them. So I got to figure this thing, thing out. So then we started to look for players. And then he brought up Adam. I was like, I think Adam's pretty good. And um, he's we, he's kind of what we need. We were kind of struggling having a main AR on the team because Pat wasn't a main AR. He's always been a flex. We tried to have him run the AR. He didn't want to run it. Ian was like an AR, but he's always been kind of like this flex player. So has Nameless. So back in our old squad, we never, we didn't have a main AR. No one wanted to run it or it was just so much inconsistency. So we're like, all right, whatever, let's, let's get Adam. And then our fourth was really hard to decide. But I remember watching Silly grinding eights. He was like grinding a lot. And I told him we we're looking at him and he was grinding a lot. And I would watch his stream and I was watching him play and he was like going off. And I was like, you know what? I think Silly would be a really good pickup. I think, I think he's what he, he were, uh, what we're missing pretty much kind of like a sub slayer um and then pat was like he wasn't sure at first but then like he went along with it and we got silly and then that's when kind of the team formed and we did pretty well pretty well is an understatement <laughs> i think <laughs> I, I think in this regard it is definitely an understatement um second at seattle open anaheim open not so great top 16 but stage two top 10 and this is so i spoke to silly a probably a few months back now, doing this very similar thing walking through. And yeah. like I said, no offense to this, but I don't think anybody had that team at the time pegged to win the next world championship. You nobody guys, did. Nobody. Nobody. You guys weren't even on the prediction sheet for a lot of people. Nope. Um, but the world championship 2018, your second ring, you walk away with it, uh, you know, basically like out of nowhere. And this is the thing. I just remember like looking at the last half of of like this uh the event and go where have eg come from i didn't even see you guys like on my radar uh until it until it ended up happening so what happened like it must have just clicked in a massive way for you guys to to, to kind of bring the fire uh, to bring home another championship well i think like like you said anaheim we got top 16 and um i mean we had the potential you know we almost won an event together our yeah. first event together we noticed like we are good like we're not it's not like we're bad or anything things definitely kind of like fell apart a little bit and we look like we're a little behind but i remember we got top 16 i remember that sunday we we're all at the bar you know i might have had a few drinks <laughs> <laughs> and i and i i went up to adam i did it one on one i went up to adam still i even told it to pat but pat knows this like i was like adam listen bro 
if we grind a game, if we put in a lot of time and effort, like this is part of the speech. I spoke to him for like 10 minutes. I'm like, we can be the best. We need to go back home and grind. And I was like giving him this motivational speech on a Sunday night <laughs> at the bar. And I told a similar thing to Silly. And um, I mean, uh, Pat, like we all knew, like we had the potential, like we're, we're, we're skillful players. We're a pretty good team. So we just did that. Like we went back home and we revamped our S&D, which was, a, I think was a big factor. Uh, we didn't qualify for season two playoffs. So we didn't, we didn't showcase any of our new S&D strats. Yeah. So we're able to kind of catch teams off guard in S&D. And then we just went super hard. We boot camped for like a week at the EG house together. We just practiced uh, near each other. And we just went hard in every way. And I, I went really hard too. I was trying my best to like get better and get the team better, you know, watching like other teams of odds and like, just really trying our best. And that and that's like that's like when it says like hard work, you know, pays off. You know, that's exactly what we did. We worked really hard in every aspect and we're able to be like with this whole new team, a different team. Yeah. No, I I think like like I said, man, like that world championship, you got two world championships. Did it impact as much as the first one is my question? Because obviously, you know, there are very few two time world championship winners in Call of Duty. Yeah. You happen to be yeah. one of them. Did it hit as hard the second time around? I'm gonna be honest. I was I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we won, it was like I just couldn't believe it. Like as crazy as it sounds, like you even you, you know you knew it. Like we were not the favorites in no way, in shape, or yeah. form. Where we like, but I worked damn hard every single day leading up to that tournament, trying my best. Like I'm gonna win this. Like I'm gonna give it my all and try my best to win this tournament mentally like i knew what i was doing and what I, what I was working towards but like once we won i was like no like i didn't even expect to win like to a certain extent you know like yeah. i you know i gotta be realistic like we were one of the unfavorites we obviously weren't looking that good so when we won the whole thing after all that hard work and time i was like i was just in shock like, i was so happy but it just didn't really hit me yet like once we won like it wasn't the same in bo3 it like hit me over time, kind of thing. It was definitely a, a different one for sure. Yeah. Like, damn, I've got two of these now. Very, very <laughs> rarefied group. Like I said, it's mad to to win one of them in Call of Duty because everyone puts in like a crazy amount of effort for the World Championship. It just hits different. But to win two, could of, by the way, and I think like people always overlook this: how close you came to becoming three rings, and not only three rings, but if if it had gone a little bit different last year and you've beaten up in that grand final three back-to-back -back rigs potentially like that is it was so close yeah. on the cards for you guys but two is ridiculous anyway god knows what what we were talking about now if you had three um probably wouldn't even return my dms uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but obviously after this the end of the year the world championship uh another ring another big mark onto yours you guys move over to envious uh you pick up another player because you had to because black ops 4 changed the format uh you pick up huke and then cut top 12. <laughs> like you went from a world championship to top 12 again. And I'll be honest with you, that's, it, <sighs> that seems to happen to world championship teams. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but was that just adjusting to the game or or what end, what's happening? Because it I wasn't think, long after that that you ended up switching teams again. There, There's never like, I feel like there's never a main reason why. There's always multiple reasons. And to to like, I think multiple reasons was, there was like maybe three one, like you said, it was a new game. We just switched to 5v5, which is a whole different, like, it's a whole different world. Like, 44 and 5v5 plays so differently. So we're kind of still adjusting to that. I think it was the fact that we just won. 
again, a little yeah. complacency. I felt I, I really felt that complacency from Pat. I remember getting really angry at him a couple of times <laughs> during scrims, like him not going as hard. And like, I just felt like we'd practice, but like when we would practice, like it'd be kind of going through the emotions. Like it never was like improving. Like it wasn't quality practice half the time. And then three, I was like streaming a lot at the time, like the first two months and the streaming was doing, the stream was doing amazing, but it definitely was taking a little bit effort and like energy and time from the competitive aspect. Cause I would get up early stream for like five hours to then scrim. And then like, I never was like fully a hundred percent into, you know, it was maybe like 90, 90 I would try to go my hardest. And when we scrim and compete, like I would give it my all, but at the end of the day, like it is in my all, you know, I'm probably a little bit more tired. I'm not as focused or I'm not like all there, you know, uh, I could use some of that time to like be watching my own VODs or stuff like that. Like I definitely yeah. wasn't like going all out. So, I mean, it was like most of those, I'll say those like reasons why we play so bad. Yeah. And I'm guessing that eventually led to the dissipation of this team. And you switched here again to a, a, a kind of a brand new philosophy apart from, you know, cap, Exotic attached yourself, Cap uh, and Phantoms joined EG again. Uh, it kind of went went yeah. back to them, and it and it wasn't a great kind of ride for you. Like top sixteen, back to back, Anaheim and London. Was it you just yeah. probably weren't feeling confident about this team, or or, or what was the kind of general vibes? Because I mean, it got a little bit better towards the end, and we'll get to that. Um, I mean, I just feel like we're behind, like. <clears throat> the way the game is played, I, I I don't think we played it like at the at a high level, and yeah. I think like talent maybe we just weren't all there, you know. Yeah, no, I I, I can feel that. Like I said, it's top eleven. You got slowly better. Like you could actually see like top th- sixteen, top sixteen, top twelve, qualify for play-ins, top ten, world championship, top eight. Right, like it got a bit better yeah. and. You know, that's still fifty thousand dollars for the team. It's probably five years. It's not <coughs> terrible, you know. Um yeah. for that world championship. I'm guessing that was kind of probably a disappointment considering the last three years you've been riding high at world championships. Yeah, I mean I it's funny enough because like we choked versus you and I are really bad. Like we should have beaten them, been at least top six and potentially playing for like another good team for like top three. Like we I think it would have been Optic. I think that's a team we would have played for top three. Um, but it's like pretty it like it sucks like choking that bad like as bad as we did. We're up like two one. You know, we're up like a hundred points on a hard point. We're like five points away from winning, and we just like they make like an eighty point comeback and win. Yeah. And then we lose game five. And it was like it was definitely really heartbreaking. And then we lose and losers to uh to hundred T. So we literally lost to the best two teams there. Like we yeah. just were put in this hard bracket. And it just one little thing changes it all. And it's like as crazy as it sounds, I feel like if we would have beat United, I was I was on form that event. I was looking really good. I was playing really well. One of my honestly craziest tournaments I've had. I guess at champs, you know, I'm I'm usually at the end of the game. I'm really um I'm really just all there. And I really felt like I could have made a run. Maybe at least I don't know if we would have won. Because obviously we were again, we were like that team that's like not really a favorite, but like they're pretty good. But like maybe we can make something happen. Um, but but the way we we're looking and how we should have beat United, like we could have potentially been at least in the grand finals and seeing what would happen from there. So something you said there was very, very interesting, and I was looking for a place to ask you this during the interview, because it is part of your story, shall we say apathy. It's part of who you are and how the community views you, and I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this. 
There is a prevailing story that you tend to get better towards the end of games. Like you are a late season player that the more deeper it goes into the season, the better you perform. Is this a real thing? Is this something the community has made up? How do you feel about it? Because like I said, I know <laughs> I've said the same thing. I know other people have said it. Yeah. I want to know what I want to know what you, you think about that. I mean, I think it's a little bit exaggerated. I think once somebody says and everyone starts saying it, like it becomes a thing. But like realistically, like start of years, like I think I've been one of the best, at least maybe not not the best version of me, but I've been like the best player or one or like second best player on my team. Yeah. The only the only time I can say maybe that's false is Black Ops Four when I was like on the MV team when I was like streaming a lot. Like I said, I kind of like. I kind of didn't grind as hard and more like if I would have put in a lot of time, I probably would have been a better player. But like every other year and before that, like I've always been like a like the second best or the best player, especially at the start of the year on my team. But that doesn't change the fact that, yes, towards the end of the year, I become like full form. But you can say that about a lot of players like once every once like the bet, like once the talented people or I mean, I guess everyone has talent, but like once like. You understand every situation. Once you understand like your timings, once you understand like the spawns, once you understand everything about the game, and towards the end of the game, you you learn all that. You have all that knowledge. That's when you're able to perform at your best because you know everything what to do in every situation. So, and then if you have the gun skill and you know you're talented, then you're just gonna be able to win a lot of the situations. So, and you can say that about a lot of the best players and like a lot of the best, like a lot of them just at the end are like at insane form and just do really well. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a very fair point to make. Do you ever get fed up when you hear it? He's like, oh God, not this narrative <laughs> again. Like they're not, they're not mentioning my late year pr- prowess again, are they? <laughs> um, I feel like I get a little fed up because like I said, I feel like it's not, it's, it's true in a way, but at the same time, I feel like they say that as like, you know, I'll have a bad game maybe, and they'll be like, yeah, he's he's just, he's better later in the year. But, like, realistically, like I said, like, I think I've always been, like, a really good player at, at the start of the year. Maybe just not the best best apathy I can be. Yeah, that's you know? I think that's a very fair point. Uh, let's move on, then, to what a lot of people want to ask about. And, what, and, and when I spoke about what people need to talk about, uh, Modern Warfare and Seattle Search. Um, I don't I don't know where to begin with this one. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, your team was stacked with, stacked with some of the very best names in Call of Duty and its history. A lot of people yeah. had you very high tier in power rankings at the beginning of the year. And the team just didn't perform. It, it did not perform to it, not only to expectations, but just way below what a lot of people were expecting for the quality of talent on that team. And I want to hear... Without going into any specific events, obviously it was not a fun year for you. Um, but I, I'm very curious to hear your feelings on the Seattle surge, what happened, um, anything that changed. Because well, I don't know, I don't actually know even where to begin. You had what looked like a very, very good <laughs> team, right? You had Karma, yourself, yeah. Octane, Slacked, Enable. You must have been feeling good going into the year. Yeah, I mean. To put it in the most simple simple way, we just didn't care enough. That's just pretty much. You have teams like FaZe, like Dallas, like let's say one of the two best teams, or they were the best teams. Like they had about a bunch of young people that just wanted to get better and grinded the game and didn't care how much the game sucked or 
this like the system sucked or whatever. They just played the game and they improved every day and they got like quality practice. Like we were the total opposite. We we're the team that this game sucks. I hate this game. I don't want to <laughs> play this game. Like, can we get off? Like, I don't want to scrim. And then like it eventually transitions to well, now we suck because we didn't care enough to put in the effort to you know to improve. And now we're we're that team that's behind and we just like hate the game and now we suck. And then it transitions to well, I don't even want to play anymore. I don't want to play for this team. You know, we suck. Like. And we kind of put ourselves in our own, like our own hole. Like it was our doing. It wasn't like any. I mean, obviously, you can say like certain players maybe could have put a little more effort. Um, it was a shit show every in every way. And I, I'm so happy to be on LAG right now and, and with these guys because it's like night and day, man. Like we get on every day. We're all going hard. We're all we are like all of us are held accountable. Like someone's not calling out like as much or someone's not giving enough enough effort like you, we know we're on them and we get really good quality practice and that's what I strive for every day in practice and last year I tried to like be positive and bring that effort and energy but you know when people on the team just don't want it or don't care enough then there's nothing you could do at the end and at the end of the day like I can't force someone to want to play the game or like the game that's so fair. it was just like a disaster pretty much that's fair. I, I can't even imagine how frustrating it must be it's like oh you probably got that like surge of motivation one day it's like yeah we could turn this around and then like two other players are like nah fuck it like yeah must well that's that's how it'd be like players i mean this happened to like at the at like the worst teams but like people like what i heard is like from rumors like people be like oh just bench me like i don't even want to play like yeah it, it was like it was like full giving up in every aspect and you just can't work with that and i and i would like like you said it would be like random bursts or moments where i'll be like Okay, we could do this. We can win. We could be better. And then it just falls apart like a couple of days later. It's like all right, everyone everyone just gives up again. And it's like, yeah, there's just no way. Did it hurt it to, to become like a, almost like a meme team towards the end of it? Because like it, the problem was as soon as you guys start doing pad, everyone just piled on. Like all the pressure piled on. The talent, the community, YouTube videos, the Reddit, like just piled yeah. <laughs> on every day on socials. Um, you know, there were socials coming out of the league that were piling on. Yeah, the search, league, right? yeah. Like, oh, my God. I mean, I I personally, I don't really care. I don't I don't care what, like, people think that much or, like, being a meme. What what I really cared was, like, the internal stuff as a team. Like, it was extremely frustrating. Like, that was my bigger issue. And even when it was a meme, like, at that point, like, it, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. I just wanted to be a better team, but nothing we could do about it, really. No, I, I, I mean, I understand it. Like, I even, you know, when Karma retired because he just doesn't want to play anymore, that was like yeah. speaks speaks volumes <laughs> about the the way that team was probably working internally, right? Like, that's insane. Yeah, that's that's how bad it was. I mean, I've thought about like I, you know, we all thought about it on the team, <laughs> just not playing anymore for the year. It was pretty bad. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I don't know how much more we can even say about it because it just. And this is from an outside point of view. It just it did feel like the team was just there for the ride to ride out the season, like halfway yeah. through. When we have we have done very badly here, and it is not getting better. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I, go on. I, I will I will say this. Like, I think there was like a spark of like hope when it was like I think the team was like me. I think it was Sam. It was me, Sam, Karma, and Slacked. And then we were, we had either play with a sub, but we were trying to get, I think we were trying to get Saints at the time or like a really explosive sub player. Uh-huh. 
And there was like a spark of hope, like, oh, we could get Saints. And everyone's like, yeah, we're going to, we can actually like be good. Like we can actually, you know, we'll have like another explosive sub player. I think that was kind of the mindset, especially Karma. He was really riding on that. Uh-huh. And it kind of like, I don't know, the org lied to us or the org just kind of fell apart with that. And it never went through. And then that's where it just like even hit the, you know, the fence harder. And that's where like Damon's like, he kind of, I guess, dreaded practice for a couple more weeks. And then he was like, I'm out of here. Yeah, just just straight up when you have done, just yeah, no, it's yeah, mad to was, do it mid season. To mid season, just went. No, I'm stopping. Disaster. Yeah, that's in. But you know, we, I will add a silver lining to this. Um, something you may not have have noticed, but I noticed this pattern. Five v five games, not not your forte. Not been good year five v five, but we are back <laughs> in a four v four now, and you are with LAG and LAG, another team last year didn't do fantastic. They, you know. Not not great, but obviously, you know, with this new roster and you going in, you sound like you were in a much happier place. A lot happier. I I I mean, even like what do you expect from players in a in a in a professional level is like they're gonna go hard in practice, they're gonna give it their all. You know, they all go into a mindset like we I wanna be better, I want the team to be better so we can win. And throughout my years, I've always had like a player or like a team, at least every now and then that didn't do that like didn't come out with their own i've always had that mindset for the most part and i've always tried to go really hard like in practice and anything so that's my expectations and those are my standards like i hold my team at a high standard and i mean if you want to be the best or compete with the best like you need to be you know it all starts with practice and you know grinding and you know making sure you're getting quality practice so you can get better so it's like night and day going from like the team the stuff we were dealing with seattle like, I'm not going to lie, towards the end, it got a little better, but there was just, like, everyone still has given up, gave it, like, gave up hope on Seattle. But, um, yeah, the practice now, like, every day has been, so far, has been really good. Um, I'm giving it, like, 110%, like, more more effort than I did last year and maybe even BO4. And I'm definitely, like, just going 110%, trying to go 110% every day. And I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Like I, it makes me happy internally, you know, having a team like this cares that much. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I look forward to seeing this, this roster throughout the year and, and how it works in Cold War. And I suppose this brings us almost to the end of, of your careers. We're up to the present time and I've kept you for a good amount of time here. So we do our very last <laughs> bit here, which is questions from the chat, usually quick fire questions okay. or at least nothing too open. We've had ridiculous ones last us, like the whole topics. Um, Here's one from Luke Hollis. How would you rate Ricky as a coach so far? Um, I love Ricky as a coach. I think he brings some insightful things. And um, I'm actually really happy with his coaching. I think he, you know, he talks about stuff. He's really, he's, he's really like open to everything. And like, we, like, I'll bring up something and he'll like back me up or he'll like expand more on it. And it's never like, he's never like against or like, you know, saying like questioning it, he's more so like under like able like understanding and just opens up to listen more and see what we can do from there. That's fair. That's uh, and that that's a good answer. It's a very good answer. Uh, next question. So this one, this is going to be a long time fan of yours, right? Because they're asking about something that happened on a Black Ops Three stream. Um, on a Black Ops oh. Three stream, when you were on uh, Team Liquid, you talked about retiring in a few years. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Has that entered your head again, like plan wise? That's a mad question, by the way. Yeah. I mean, Black Ops 3, 
I remember talking about like I might retire in like three, four years. I remember saying something like that. And here we are like four years later. And um, I mean, it just it blew up what it was back then. You know, salary, like I can do this for a living and, and be and like comfortable, like and I have to worry about, you know, making more money or making money to like provide for my family or like to live. So I think now that's more stable, it's become like a bigger thing. I definitely could see myself doing this for a couple more years. But I think retirement might happen maybe in like Ooh. two, three years. Maybe. We'll right. see how it goes. <laughs> well, I so, think it's almost at my end. <laughs> almost at the end of the road. <laughs> we'll find out if we do another one of these in two, three years and someone brings us out there <laughs> in the questions. <laughs> um, this is a great question here. Uh, we've already spoken about your lag team, but Cold War, uh, how do you feel about it? I love Cold War. Man, I not only am I happy to play with my team every day, because it's like different, but man, I get on the game, I get on Cold War, and I'm just like genuinely happy to play the game. Like I, I love like how they like nerf like the abusive mechanics. How the the game is just so smooth and like it's just it just feels like good old Call of Duty, but still like a little bit fast and like like the gunplay is really fun too. So I'm I've been having a lot of fun. The only thing I hope is like they release some better maps. I think the maps have been pretty average, but. If they come out with some even more amazing maps, I think the game will do like one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, a lot of people feeling that way actually about the map. A lot of people are waiting to see. Hopefully Raid will be a really good one for competitive and yeah. it'll be everything we want it to be because I know a lot of people are looking at it going, yeah, this is in, this is going to be great. And we're like, we haven't played it yet. It could be different. Um, all right, last question uh, and then we will end this here. Uh, it's an interesting one. How nasty would the Championship Envy team be have been at World War II? I think that team would have been nasty, like really good. I'm telling you, I wanted to play with them, but, you know, we all kind of split our ways. I think like Austin won a team with some people and then Cap and John stuck together and then I had to go do my thing. But I think in War II, I think about it all the time, like that squad, like especially looking at the skill, like the skill, like I think John, Austin were nasty at it. Like Cap was pretty damn good too. He surprised me some events, like he was playing really well. Like we would have been really good at that game. I, that's uh that's uh, but then you wouldn't have your ring it's an interesting interesting comeback to that one as well uh yeah. but, oh, awesome great question to end it on there and i suppose apathy this is my uh my my part where i hand it to you to have any final thoughts or things you want to say to people listening or watching this on pods um i just want to say thank you for watching for whoever stood, stood by and watched a lot of it um i appreciate all the the fans and supporters i have and I just want to make a lot of you guys proud after the last uh, two horrible years, <laughs> mainly mainly last year. But I definitely want to turn it, turn a turn a new leaf, and you know, do a lot of big things this year and surprise a lot of you guys. Awesome. All right. Well, I wish you all the best on the LA Gorillas this year, and thank you again for for coming on and taking us through the highs and lows of a, a pretty epic career, I would like to say. And thank you, everyone, watching and listening to this on VODs or Twitch or YouTube or anything like this. Uh, we'll be up very, very shortly if you are watching on Twitch or want to watch again. It shouldn't be too long. But again, thank you to Apathy for joining me. This has been the Bryce Cast. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time.